Hello, it's the KTK Morning Show recap for Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021. I'm Chris Malone. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Here's what you may have missed this morning on the show. We found out about the most expensive piece of jewelry ever created by Tiffany and Company. And I know that um, I don't make nearly enough money even to look at their catalog. It's called the World's Fair Necklace. It was unveiled over the weekend. It features 180 carats of diamonds. Set in platinum, its centerpiece is an 80-carat oval flawless D-color Empire Diamond, named after the iconic jewelry hometown of New York City. By the way, the D-color is the highest grade of diamonds. It's virtually colorless. Uh, They say that the the Empire Diamond was uh, ethnically sourced in Botswana, cut and polished in Israel, and set in Tiffany's workshop in New York City. They said the necklace is the most expensive piece ever created. How much? Well, if you have to ask, you probably can't afford it. And um, yeah, we're not going to be able to afford it. But to be fair, the price has not been released yet. However, there has been some estimations by some industry experts that say the price tag between 20 and $30 million. wonder if they'll take a two-party out-of-state starter check. Because if they are, I'll definitely buy it. We can have some fun with that. Uh, be careful about your comments for Thanksgiving dinner. Now, of course, we already know that there's some topics you really shouldn't discuss at the table, like politics. Something that's going to get people a little bit upset, but there's probably something you would think that it's kind of benign talking about food, but depending on the context, it actually can be very, very hurtful. For instance, if there are comments used like, you should you really be eating that? Or you must have a slice of grandma's pie. Or you're so skinny, I admire your willpower. All seem very helpful, very caring, even attempting a humor. But in reality, what's happening is that those comments are body shaming. They're food bullying or even both. Two behaviors that still are very, very common, especially around the, uh, the dinner table. In fact, research suggests that people whose loved ones try to shame them into losing weight for their health Not only does the person not lose weight, but they may have a worse mental or physical health overall because of that. You talk about uh, cases of depression, cardiovascular and uh, metabolic problems also associated with uh, food bullying in essence. So really, it's kind of just something that you should avoid. It sounds like it's helpful, but maybe we'll just talk about how the pie was made or uh, something about some sort of uh, thing that you would uh, eat, some other benign subject matter, but... It'll keep people from feeling kind of uh, sad, especially this time of the year. And don't be too hard on yourself if you end up slipping trying not to do stuff like that. It's, it's you know, again, it's five miles into the woods, so it's uh, going to be five miles out. So keep that in mind. Uh, researchers say that Earth may soon have its own rings, very similar to Saturn, but it may not be made up of uh, rock, dust, or ice as they are over Saturn. Earth's proposed rings will be made up of space junk. All right, follow me on this one here. Uh, They say right now the night sky doesn't seem polluted, but coming up in the next few years, um, our low-orbit Earth space race is really beginning. You know, Jeff Bezos wants to, um, excuse me, Elon Musk already sent up like 2,000 satellites for Starlink. He says he's going to launch another 40,000 in the coming years. Jeff Bezos now wants to get into the action, adding some uh, 3,200 low-orbiting space uh, satellites, and that's 15 times the number of currently in in the in space so you add it into the mix um which kind of prompted this whole conversation is uh, what russia did uh last week is that they had a satellite that was um defunct not working and they kind of destroyed it i guess uh, as, as a test but what happened is is it created a whole bunch of space junk that's just kind of floating around some of them going as fast as eighteen thousand miles an hour 
currently 170 million pieces of space debris. Now, why this is all brought up is that the scientists at the University of Utah say that they are, have been able to develop a magnetic field that can move objects in space. The idea is to move these objects into a ring out of the way, so not only can uh, satellites that are up not worry about having collision, but should clear up the night sky. I don't know if we should be doing that, but it's nice that you're thinking forward thinking as to what we're going to do over the next few years. Uh, in the season of giving, when it's time for the kids who have playrooms already overflowing with toys and books, games and puzzles, it's kind of hard to get the grandparents or relatives or friends to realize we don't need more toys. Santa's coming, already dropping a whole bunch of stuff. We don't need extra stuff. But how do you convey that without being rude? Because, you know, people love to give gifts. So according to some experts, they say the best chance of success is to make your wishes known early. So lay it out gently, but clearly saying, hey, we're up to our ears and toys and just don't have any more room. Would you, uh, we would prefer that uh, Johnny or Susie receive just one small token from you this year, something that he or she will remember. That's kind of a nice way to put that. Another approach is to reference your child experiences. You know, reference saying, last year, you know, Janie really had so many gifts, but she got so, so overwhelmed. She couldn't process it or appreciate them all. So this year, we'd love to have a more relaxed experience and fewer presents so she can enjoy each of them uh, at, at her leisure. So maybe, you know, you can work on that particular approach. Another one is to send an email to family members well in advance that, uh, really addresses the overbuying, saying, Max is very fortunate to have so many wonderful people in his lives, and we'd all love to send him so many gifts, but we're kind of at capacity. Can we focus only on one gift this year? Uh, The other one, which I love the best, I think this is the best if you're looking for someone that insists on giving your child a gift. Instead of a toy or a stuffed animal or a book, how about an experience? Say, for instance, Hey, you know what? They would love to go to summer camp this uh, summer, so why don't you buy two days of summer camp or a day of summer camp, and we'll have it honoring you. Ah, you like that? It's better than buying a star in the sky, which anybody can do. It's something that's tangible that the child would really, really want, and it's not cluttering up the room. I thought that was the best idea of all. And then finally, if you, uh, through all that, your gift giver still doesn't listen to you and does whatever they want to do, relax, don't panic. Make sure to uh, thank them for the gift and make sure your child shows that gratitude as well. We talked about uh, uh, gratitude. And then what you want to do is uh, perhaps have the toy or item stay at that person's home, like your grand, you know, your parents' home. If grandma and grandpa bought toys, say, hey, you know what? We're going to open it at grandma and grandpa's house. We're going to enjoy the, the experience with them. And then we're going to leave it there. So every time we go, we know that we have these particular toys you absolutely love. Some great ways to do that. Speaking of gratitude, it founds out that the majority of parents, 81% of kids aged, uh, parents of kids aged 4 through 10, agree that their kids don't show gratitude. And we all have ways of showing it or at least telling people how to... Uh, to show gratitude, but we're not really enforcing it. For instance, uh, they, most parents agree in the study that uh, saying please and thank you are a great way to show gratitude. But the problem is we confuse manners with gratitude, which are two different things. So it does need some explanation for the young kids to say, why did we say thank you to that gentleman? Well, we said thank you because he held the door open for us, and that was something really nice. He didn't have to do that, but he wanted to be nice. Or to say please, why do we say please? Well, because you know th- this person didn't have to get up and uh, bring us 
that that uh, that uh, that coloring book that we like so much. That was very nice of them to do. That kind of teaches that. Chores is another way to show to teach gratitude. For instance, um, uh, Aunt Aunt Kimmy's not feeling well today, so we're going to go over to her house and make her dinner. Isn't that nice? Kind of shows gratitude in that particular way. Thought was interesting about this. It talked about birthdays, holidays, and other gift giving opportunities. Not only being something to to give a gift, but for the person um, to uh, to receive the gift. And it talked about how parents all one in four parents talk about giving thank you notes for presents, like for the holidays or birthdays or something like that. But we're not enforcing that. So maybe it's time to do that. That will definitely show some gratitude. And then we learned about uh, baking, how it is a science. And even though it may sound weird in the recipe for you to mix the dry ingredients together and then the wet ingredients and then combine them later, why do we need to do that? Well, there's a lot of reasons to do it because that is why things should uh, come out of the oven fluffy or tasty or not uh, greasy. And really what it comes down to is if the recipe calls for combining the wet and dry ingredients later, you need to combine the wet and dry ingredients separately and then, and then put them together as so. They say for your, uh, for your wet ingredients, obviously you, you beat all those together and uh, you're ready to go. But for the dry ones, what you want to do is stir all the ingredients together. And then using a spatula or wooden spoon, gently push the dry ingredients against the sides of the bowl to make a well in the center. Once you've made that well, that's where you can pour in the wet ingredients. Now, if, if you ever wonder what folding in means in baking, it's this. When you use a rubber scraper to mix, uh, you run the scraper around the edge of the bowl and reach to the bottom of the bowl on the edge, pulling the dry ingredients up and over and inwards on the wet ingredients in the center. So in essence, you're folding the dry stuff into the wet stuff. Makes sense now that you understand it, right? That's what I th- said. There's our show for today, Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021. Of course, I'm Chris Malone. Thanks so much for listening. Of course, you can catch me live Monday through Friday between, between 5 and 10 right here on 98.5 KTK.